Blog Talk Radio. time it may be at the sound of my voice. I want to say hello. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in, whether you are live and in living color or listening to the archive. We appreciate you. We're so grateful that you have tuned into the It's Real Radio talk show. I am your host, Elder Coilette James, and as always, I have my sister in in Love, I won't say sister in crime, though we could have probably gotten into some serious trouble back in the day, but I want to wish my my gorgeous and beautiful and talented co-host, hello, and happy to have you on the show today. How are you, love? You know what? I'm so grateful for you just to have me. I'm so blessed, and I thank God for you, and I'm just so glad, again, to be in the land of the living. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. People don't realize the importance of yet taking another breath. They really take that for granted, and it's not something that should be taken for granted. I was just reading something where they were asking for prayers for um, Benny Hinn, who is in ICU with some heart issues. And, you know, we have to recognize and understand that as strong as his faith is, and we know that he is mighty, um, in the Lord and and strong in faith um, and the the breakthroughs and the healings that he has called forth by the grace of God in the lives of others did not make him immune to attacks from the enemy in his own body. So we have to recognize, like I said, we have to appreciate every single moment that God blesses us with. Because every breath we take is another opportunity to be used of him and to be grateful for the life that he has given us. So I'm thankful. Amen. I'm so thankful. And and Amen. obviously our prayers our prayers go out to the hen family as well. God Amen. is a good Amen. God. God is a good yes, God. He is. he is a gracious God and he does not forget us. You know, and sometimes we do think that, you know, he has turned his back on us or he has forgotten about us or um, one person may be more important to him than the next person. And that is categorically untrue. That is just absolutely untrue. We all have value and we are um, of children of the Most High God whom he loves um, unconditionally. Thank God for his unconditional love because we have all, all, all (laughs) sinned and come short of the glory and been in need of the grace and the mercy that God extends to us. So I'm grateful. Amen, sis. Amen. Amen. We wanted on today to continue our discussion from last week. And and our discussion last week was coping with the storms of life. And we got into it and we were blessed to um, have someone on the line that um, expressed different things that she has walked through and feelings that she has had and different things that she has coped with. And we wanted to continue this discussion and also um, have her join in with us as a guest as well. So Tanya, I am going to 
let you introduce our guest um, host for today who will be joining in the discussions with us. You know what, sis, I love you. Sis, elder, I'm here. I want to tell you how much I love you. No, I wanted to introduce you as that because I give all oh. Amish and all gratitude to you first for allowing me to do that. Our guest is uh, Jacqueline Moore, which is a mother to me, a sister in Christ to me, a spiritual mother as a sister in Christ to me. And I just want to thank God for her because she has gone through a lot. Her son, which is my brother, has been my brother in Christ. She lost, but she's been through the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, the indifferent and the and the different. So I just want to in, introduce her to everyone right now, Miss Jacqueline Moore, which I love so much, and I thank God for. Her. Amen. Good afternoon, good morning, or evening. Uh, hello, Elder James. Hello, my daughter. Hello. Um, blessings to all my brothers and sisters on the line. Um, I lost um, my young man. Uh, seven years ago, and um, the Lord took me on a, I guess it's a path to show me all of us belong to him, to him, and not those that are in Christ, outside of Christ, Wondering where I belong in Christ or who I am. When I lost him, I was stuck. I didn't know what I was going to do. My daughter was in Georgia. And I was like, Lord, hmm, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? You know, you 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 wonder what you did. But it's not what you did. All of us belong to him. And we all have a time that it's time to go home. From the day we are conceived, it's a time to go home. And there are many storms that we're going to go through. But as I walked through that time, which was a, mm, it was a spiritual battle because I'm not going to lie to y'all. Every day after that, I put those pills right beside me and I wanted to go with him, which was very selfish. But I kept thinking about that's the ultimate sin. That's not of God. But the Lord sent somebody, sent one of my sisters or my brothers to knock on the door every time. Tell you how good God is. Amen. Every time. Every time I got ready to take my life, there was a tat, tat, tat. Hey, sis, what you doing? So I had to put him away. But I thought I was going to lose my mind. But the Lord kept answering prayers. And he took me on a road to where I could help the next sister or brother that goes through losing a child. Because we always think, we supposed to go before our child goes. That's not necessarily so. Because God calls his children when it's time. And sometimes we're very selfish and we don't let go and they can't rest. Mama, let me stop you right there because, Elder, if you don't mind, please forgive me. Um, I want to stick to what we were talking about going through life storms, and this is a storm. I want to talk to you, if you don't mind, Elder, please forgive me, 
and I want to talk to myself as well and you, Elder, at the same time. This is what we call It's Real, it's Real Talk Show. We're not talking about something we think. We're talking about something that we know. And life storms is a many of things. It's not just a matter of your bills not being paid, your car mm-hmm. note got repossessed. It's not a matter of any of that. But when you lose someone you love, whether it's a son, a sister, a brother, a mother, a cousin, however it is, it's a life storm. So what I want to ask today to you, Elder, and to you, Mama Jackie, basically you heard Mama Jackie start off with telling you that she lost her son, her only son. First, let me say this to you. She don't have any other children. I'm basically her spiritual daughter, her daughter in Christ, Mm -hmm. and I thank God for it. But Thank you. what I wanted to ask is, I remember Elder, you Elder, if I, I hope that you're listening to me, I remember when a couple of people that I knew through you um, that you lost that was near and dear to you, people that you loved, um, Mama Jackie, people that you loved. I lost my grandmother, Mother Atkinson, which was my spiritual mother as well, and my father, my biological father, um, my brother June, um, a good friend of mine. These things were very strong and near and dear to me. I hope that you're all listening out there today so you can grasp what we're saying, and this is what you call life storms. So first, Ma, Ma, if you don't mind, I want to ask um, Elder right now, when she lost several people that were near and dear to her, what kept you together? What held everything together when you felt that you didn't know if you believed in what you believed in? And you didn't know if you could hold on. What did you do to endure and hold on? It was the peace you know, of that's God. That's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. Go ahead. God said. No, no, no. This is no. Hold on, Mama. Please forgive okay. me. This is not for Mama Jackie. This is for okay. Elder Clep first, and then I have a question for Mama Jackie. Go ahead, Elder. Um, for me, I guess my hardest um, walk through something of losing someone since um, since I've been saved. Let me say this, because we handle things differently when we have the mindset of knowing God than we do when we don't. However, <laughs> I, I tended to actually kind of pray <laughs> at both times. And, and mm-hmm. unsaved was losing my mother, um, but saved was losing my son-in-law. And this was a young man that I had prayed for, that I had led to the Lord, thanks be unto God, so I know where he is, um, but whose life was senselessly taken from him. So it wasn't um, something that, you know, anybody could have been prepared for or building up to or warring against in that sense. And I remember that night, like it was crystal clear, and my words to God was this, Father, I know I am about to go through many different changes, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, because I know me. I knew that that was ahead of me. And what I asked God to do was through it all, keep me near your breath. Keep me, keep me near your chest. Let me keep my head to your heartbeat, even though I know I'm getting ready to walk through some things. Because knowing who I was, you know, I knew my anger. You know, I knew my propensity to want to hurt somebody. (laughs) I knew um, the fact that I was going to be hurting for my daughter and my grandchildren. The fact that I had to walk this thing out and stand upright in the midst of it all, even though I felt I had lost a son. You know, I knew all of these things were going to swirl around me before they even had a chance to take hold of me. It was like that same night where he was still on life support, but I knew they were only keeping him on life support so my daughter could get there the next morning because she was in Florida so she could get there and see him for the last time. So knowing all of that, my first thought was, Lord, keep me near you because I know I didn't know the depth of everything I was going to walk through, but I already knew that I was going to have to walk through it. So my first thought was, Lord, keep me close to you. Keep me close to you. Amen. And I think that that's what kept my focus from really jumping off the deep end. And like you said, this is real talk. We're going to keep it real. My daughter, 
who is not walking with God on a daily basis in the same way that I thought I was back at that time, okay, because this was in 2000. But she was able to forgive his killers quicker and faster than I was. Even though I'm that one, hey, I was, you know, Minister Coilette at the time, and and I've got prayer teams going, and I'm doing conferences, and I'm doing all of that. Baby girl was able to forgive quicker than I was, and she did it because she said, Mama, she said, the thoughts that were in me and the feelings I had, I had to release them because they were so dark. Because they were so dark. And her overwhelming feeling of wanting to kill, okay, was so overpowering for her that she went to the beach one night and sat there and gave it to God. So she did it before I did it. All right. Amen. 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 Can I I say something? I want to intervene. Yes. Amen. Amen. I want to take that now, and I want to give you guys a story. I remember that I was in my mess and I was at the time living with a man that was out there in the world, a pimp, and you can call it whatever you want to. I was hoeing. I was out there in the world and I want that's to to really interlock um, Elder Collette's story to tell you how real it is. Um, Elder Collette called me one day on the phone and said, I want to come get you. I want to pick you up. I want to take you to church there's a revival at a church, and I want you to be there. And she not only came and picked me up, but she went and picked up Timbo, my brother, the one she was talking about that lost his life. And I'm bringing that up, you guys, because I need you to see how serious this is. And when she picked us up, she took us to a church, and i never forget, it was Evergreen Church in Las Vegas. And it was a revival going on. And I remember looking at Elder Colette, and she was praising God and blessing the Lord. And it wasn't about so much. And it was what the minister was saying, but just giving God the praise for who he was. And I was so stuck, and I was so messed up in my mess, you guys. And I remember looking at my brother Timbo. He was in his mess. I was in my mess. But I want everybody to know right now, putting it out there, he still had a good heart, and I loved him so much. And I'll never forget that they were calling people up to the church to give their lives to Christ, as we do in other churches. And I'll never forget, I I looked at him, and I was like, I need you to come up with me. And he looked at me, and we were both trembling at the same time. And I said, please come up with me. I got to go. I got to go. Because God is calling us to go. And he looked at me, and he, he said, I'm scared. And I remember looking at him saying, I'm scared, too. And I had to let go of his hand, and I'll never forget, I went up to the altar, and he stayed in the pew. And just hear me what I'm saying to everybody. We left there that, that later on that evening, and she dropped us off, and the Holy Spirit gave utterance, and the Holy Spirit was still dealing, and he and I both. And later on that night, you guys, believe it or not, his life changed forever. And... um he was beaten, and he, everybody always got to know the typicals of it, and I don't have to go into the deep details of it, but he lost huh. his life. And like my sister said, he lost his life that night. And it could have been insane for me, and it wasn't. And um, so I just want everybody to know that I was there, so everything the Elder Claude is speaking of right now and everything that we felt, I remember her calling me early that morning and saying, I need you to pray right now. Timbo's in the hospital. He's on his way. He's in the ambulance. And, you know, and I said, what's going on? What's going on? She said, I just need you to pray now. And she hung up the phone. And I remember her calling me and and let me know that he, he did not make it through. So I just need everyone to know right now that you lost someone dear, near and dear, mother, cousin, sister, brother, husband, foe, wife, whatever it is. But we've lost someone, too. So what we're saying today it's not a joke. What we're saying is real. So yes. we're going to take that and we're going to shift it to the side for just a moment. Because what we're talking about is dealing in life through life storms. Yes. And you heard her say, you can say whatever you want to say, but what we're trying to do is lead you to Christ. We're not trying to make you believe anything that you don't want to believe. 
We're not trying to put anything on you. You're not trying mm-hmm. to stick a stamp and say Christianity. We're not trying to stick a stamp and tell you religion. We're not yep. trying to do any of that. But what we're mm-hmm. trying to tell you is the way we were before, yeah. the way we are with Christ, we're not telling you is anything else. Now I'm going to take it and I'm going to shift over, if you don't mind, Elder, please, my, my, my Amish and my humbleness, if you don't mind. I want to take it over to Mama Jackie. Because okay. now you're going to hear Mama Jackie tell a tale of her only child. Now, yeah. This is not a woman of five children, four children, three children, two children, because understand something, this is her only child. Mm-hmm. And when it's your only child, you know, we can say, you know, it doesn't matter if it's five or six. If you're a true mother, a loss is a loss. So now mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, Mama Jackie, and then we're going to tie in a show dealing with life through life storms with and without Christ. So yes. what I'm getting ready to ask you right now is Mama Jackie, I remember, you know what I'm saying? I want you to tell a story. And then after you're done, I'm going to tell how I entwine with your life and your life story. So what I'm going to ask you is how did you be able to withstand in life storms, losing your only child? Because let me explain everything to everybody. She was, he helped her get dressed, she left, she came back, and he was gone. Can you take it from there? <sighs> he helped me. I went to, I was a minister over um, uh, a band, and he was supposed to go with me that night. And uh, he didn't go. He peeped out the door as I left with my walker down the steps. He made sure I got down the steps, but he looked at me down the, going down the steps, and he said, I love you, Mom. He said, I love you so much. And I said, I love you. I'll see you in a bit. He didn't say anything. Okay, the night goes on. And as we close, a man walks in to Wild Horse Pass where we played that night. And and I say, Titi, go get your cousin June. There he is. And she came back. She said, that's not June. And, and he came back. And I said, that's okay. I'll go get him. And... I said, I'll go. And the man walked like him, had clothes on him, shoes, a hat, everything just like my son, everything. And I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, here I am, son. And the man turned around. And it wasn't him. And he says, my name Wesley, I said, I'm sorry, young man. I thought you were my son. The night goes on. We pack up to go home. I come home. The dogs are in the house. His dog is going round and round in circles. My dog looks at me, goes back to the cage, pulls the door closed. He's like, oh, hell, it's going to break loose. Excuse my language, but... I go into his room. He has a smile on his face. And he's gone. But the Lord let him come to me (laughs) to give me one last hug. And... uh, That was the hardest. That's the hardest thing I've ever lived through in my life. Because he has been through my drunken days. Uh, He was 10 years old, and he helped me get sober. He's been through my paralytic days. And I know he was given to me by the Lord. But like I said... He gave me tan, too, because he worked at a hotel, 
where Tan was staying. And I looked over, and there was Tanya. Even before he could introduce me to Tanya, the Lord says, turn around. And she was there, and she was given to me by the Lord. So let me just clarify. God gives you things and people that you need. Storms are raging, and before he died, he called his sister. So there are supernatural interventions that come. But it was so hard for me to go through losing my only child because I didn't have a good marriage. But he has he walked through every situation that we went through. We walked together. And I know he was given to me by God. Amen. I don't mean to cut you short right there, Mama. Please hear me. That's it. That's now it. let me intervene with this story. As Elder Colette took her son-in-law and me to church because the Lord put us both on our heart because she had a prompt that we were both going to lose our soul if we didn't. And I thank God for Elder Colette right now because I would have been lost. And i never forget, I was in my mess, you guys. And when I left the situation I was in, and I believe in my heart, had I not had gone to church that night, I would not have the strength to walk away from the situation that I was in. And I drove the next state over from Las Vegas to Arizona. And i never forget, I was running for my life mm-hmm. as a man that wanted to kill me and kill my soul. And this is like storms, you guys. And I left over, and I remember checking in the hotel, and it didn't work out, and blah, blah, blah. And I checked into the hotel where my brother, I claim is my brother in Christ, June, I love you for life. Um, Timbo, I love you for life. Your life will continue to live on. And um, I never forget that um, he, he had a smile on his face, and I told him the story of what I was going through. And I told him, I'm, basically, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm running for my life. I have a man that want to basically kill me and kill my soul. And I, I don't know what to do. He put me in a nice room downstairs. It was actually the, the um, what you call the show suite. And he put my daughter and I in this suite. And he said to me, I will make sure that everybody that comes through that door will get monitored and nobody will get through to harm you. And I remember I would come through later on that evening because they had movies you could rent, and we became, he was like, I can't wait to meet, introduce you to my mother. And i never forget, he had to tell her the story. The next day she came in, and it was an immediate spiritual connection. Yes. Now that you've heard Elder Corlett, and now that you've heard um, Mother um, Jacqueline Moore, now I'm going to tell you mine. Yes. What you don't know is, Life storms is a many a thing, and I could have lost my life many a times. And we can do Christ or we can do without Christ, but I'm going to tell you to choose him today. Yeah. And I realize the story now, choose ye this day what God you're going to serve, because I never forget when he prompted so many times to save my life, to save my soul, yes. and for Elder Colette to love me. Elder, yes. I want to say again how much I love you for just prompting of the Holy Spirit and your obedience to God and taking me to church that night. I believe that's what saved my soul. Yeah. Um, but I had to run for my life, and I ran to a, another state. And you yes. understand, even though Arizona and Las Vegas are side by side, I had never really been there before. And he moved me to the next state over to save my soul. Yes, so Lord. The moral to the story is, and I'm going to get now, Mama, if you don't mind, Mother, I'm going to go back to Elder Colette to take on now. This show is called Enduring Life in Life Storms. So now that you've heard all this, I'm going to turn the show back over to Elder Colette. Please speak. So we're dealing with coping with um, 
life storms and and storms can come in so many different fashion and I know we started off the show and it was a uh, the loss and I think that is probably the ultimate storm um is the loss of a loved one because that's the one that um you, you can't fix you, you can't go back you know um you can lose all your money but you can build some more okay you can lose your home but you can buy another one you know you can um have your car repossessed, but hey, you can go get another one. The life of a the loss of a life of a loved one is one that you know you can't fix that. You you cannot fix that. Um, there's nothing you can do to change it. It is permanent. It is permanent. Started off with that, but we do understand and recognize that for some of you, you have encountered situations even in divorce or um, in physical abuse and different yes. things of that nature that feel just as real to you mm-hmm. and just as overwhelming to you as what we have described in losing a loved one. So we, yes. we please hear me. I'm not taking anything from anybody. Your storm is just as real as any storm that we have walked through as well. But here's Amen. what we need to talk about, because the, the show is dealing with coping with it. And mm-hmm. I believe in my soul that to cope with it, it starts with your mindset. Yes. Whether it is a loss of a loved one, the loss of a marriage, the loss of tangible things, the betrayal of someone, because when someone close to you betrays you, that's, that's overwhelming and debilitating as well, especially if it's a spouse, yeah. especially if it's a spouse, because you yeah. have given yourself to this person. So you have to change your perception of the situation if you are going to cope with it and get beyond it. There is nothing, nothing, including the loss of a loved one, nothing that is too hard for God to pull you up out of, to get your first things first. Your first priority is going to the throne. That first priority is getting in his presence. That is number one. You will never be able to cope with the anxieties of life, with the panic attacks of life, with the depressions of life, with with just life (laughs) in itself, just the living of life until you develop a habit, not just a a one-time thing, not just God get me out of this, but a life habit of getting into the presence of God. That's where you must start. That's where you must start. Again, this is, it's real. I had a situation this very morning, this morning, and it's something that I've been walking through and I've been dealing with, and I am not a real public person with my my issues. Tanya will tell you that. I, I know God, okay, so I will take it to him myself. I am not that one that's on the phone 20, 30 times, you know, calling my pastor, I need you to pray with me. In fact, very, very rarely, probably I've been back home a year, and I've yet to pick up a phone and say, Pastor, I need you to pray with me. Because I know my God. Yeah. Because I know, I know how to tap into his presence, and I'm grateful for that. I'm not saying that braggadociously. I'm saying that because he said in his word, if you know me, okay, yeah. then you can come to me with a, a, an assurance that I hear you. Mm-hmm. All right? So I don't do that. That's that's just not me unless God tells me. Mm -hmm. And there are times when you need reinforcement, all right? There are times when you just get to a place of, okay, there is strength in numbers. Yes. God has strategic people that he has placed in your life that has the propensity that you have to break through, to get an answer from God. Now, the one person in my life in the whole 30 years that I've walked this thing out that I felt comfortable with at any given time, no matter what the situation was, was Mother Atkinson. Mm -hmm. 
because that was who God gave me as a mother in Zion to raise me up in the things of God. So no matter how hard it was, no matter how bad it was, no matter how much I messed up, no matter how much somebody else messed up, I was always comfortable going to her. And when she passed away, I like, woo, six years now. When she passed away, actually, it's been eight years. Wow. Eight Ooh. years ago, when she passed away, I remember that night, crystal clear, sitting there going, and, and please hear me, it wasn't, it was like in my moment of grief going, who's going to pray for me now? <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like that one prayer warrior that I could bear my soul to and know I would not be judged was gone. So since that time, it's like very, very rarely there's this maybe, I promise you, there may be three people in my life today that I feel comfortable with picking up a phone and saying, listen, such and such is going on. Um, and I need you to come in agreement with me in prayer. But this very morning, some things I've been walking through, some things that were irritating me, they were more frustrating than anything. But this morning I was sitting in my car and I was literally waiting to check into my hotel because I had arrived here early. And as I sat out there in the car, I felt this sense of overwhelming. Just, just you know, not panic, not even anxiety, but just being overwhelmed to the point of just, tears going, God, I'm so tired of this, and just lifting it up to him, and he placed somebody in my heart, call this individual, have her pray with you, and I did, and girlfriend had such a word for me, because she was walking through the same thing, in that same feeling of being overwhelmed, and God had just given her a word for her last night, so this is why I say to you, you're first place is in the presence of God. You take it to God because he is the one that will give you the directives that you need to come up out of the situation. You are not designed to know the answer to every situation you find yourself in. You are designed to go to your creator and allow him to lead God and direct you. It's even in the things that God will give you and grace you to do and call you to. He will never call you to something that you can do by yourself. He will not give you a vision that you can carry out without him. He's not going to do that. That's not who he is. And in the... God is so real that if you study his word, if you believe him at his word's sake, his word said, in this life, you will have trials and tribulations. He didn't already told you you're going to do it. You're Mm -mm. going to walk through some things. You're going to be tested in places. You're going to have some overwhelming moments. You're going to have anxiety. You might even have a panic attack or two. He's already told you that. But the very next words out of his mouth was, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. So in coping, in coping, with the trials and the tribulations of your life, with the storm, it leads back to what we shared last week. It leads back to Peter looking at Christ walking on the waves, those same waves that were beating the little boat up and making it feel like it was going to capsize. He was walking on the storm. He was walking. Wherever he put his foot, it was solid. Mm. What was normally unstable, that's what a storm is. It's an unstable element in the earth realm. So when you're in your storm and it's unstable, you have to know that you know that you know that God can calm that storm and he can make those unstable elements stable. And the same way Peter said, Lord, if that be you, bid me come. And he said, come. When Peter stepped out that boat, what was unstable became stable because he came at the beckoning of God. Christ himself said, come. And he was cool walking on that water until he took his eyes off of Christ. That wave hit, he looked aside, and that's when he sunk. And as we said last week, so God being God and as good as he is, is soon as he began to sing and said, Lord, help me, God was right there, hand down and lifted him right up. See, when Christ hit this earth lamb, he was both man and God 
all in one. So he ate, he was able to show you his humanity side in the Garden of Gethsemane. But out there on that water, he showed you his divine side. He showed you his deity. So you can rest assured that when he said, in this life, in this world, you shall have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, he was speaking of his divinity. That wasn't man at that point. That was the divine God. That was the Christ. Oh, hallelujah. The anointing, the anointing of God and his anointed one that was speaking. So I'm here to say, whatever it is you're walking through right now, whatever storm it is, be it financial, be it physical, be it emotional, whatever it is, you have to know that your answer lies in God. Your answer is not in the doctor. Your answer is not in the meds. Your answer is not in booze. Okay, I'm just going to go call my boo and he'll give me some money. That's not your answer. Your answer is in God. Now, can God use each and every one of those to be a blessing to you? He absolutely can. But where's your first thought? Where do you go first? First, seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. First things first. When he talked to the, to the, the church in, in Revelations, the first thing he said, you've left your first love. That's the art I have against you because you've left your first love. First things first. So if you're going to cope with your storm, first place you got to go is to the throne room of God. Go ahead, Tam. You know what? I love you. And you know what? The Holy Spirit put on my heart to say this while you were talking, Elder. And why you spoke, Mama Jackie. I love that song. I pray for you. You pray for me. And watch mm-hmm. God change. Yeah. And what Elder is basically saying is, you go to Christ first. Yeah. Because that is the throne room of your peace and your sanity. Mm-hmm. And I believe in my heart, he put people, when I was going through, like Elder in my life. Like Mother Jacqueline in my life. And he changed things for me. He knew that I needed a physical person. Some of you right now out there that are going through, like you saying, Elder, lost someone, financial, or whatever is going through. Because, see, people got to understand something. We all have a different going through. Yeah. It may not be the loss of a loved one. It can be finances. If that's what moves you, that's what moves you. See, I've learned to be a bound, and I've learned to be a base. And what that means is I've been broke, and I've had it going on. And I've had them both. But I know without any of them, I can't do without Christ. And mm-hmm. when you need to seek him, and when you need to seek him, and when you do, I believe as Mother Action, resting as an angel in heaven, used to say to me, ask God to give you an angel that you can see. I remember asking God for that. And it's like, Tanya, you're going in and out. Okay, I apologize. Okay, all right, better. I remember Mother Atkinson saying to me, don't ask God to send you an angel. Ask God to send you an angel that you can see. And God will send you an angel. I truly believe in my heart, in flesh form. He sent Elder Colette in my life. That was my angel. He sent Mother Jacqueline in my life. That was an angel. When I went to Atlanta, he he sent someone... Edward Carter in my life That was my angel To watch over me Because he loved me Please know today that Christ loves you And no matter Mm -hmm. what you're going through He'll send someone in your life To be able to minister to you To be able to speak to you Talk to you And it's him But we don't think of it like that If he comes I truly believe his spirit comes where he can be able to show you who he is. Yes. There's no one that can come and say that he is who he not who he said that he is. Now, one stone will become unturned. Nothing. You will be able to see Christ in the form, however you want to represent him. He will come to you and give you peace. And your time will give you of peace. storm. And your time of uncertainty and your time of loss 
In your time, you made a house burn down. or Your finances are jacked up, like my sister said. You can lose your car. You can lose your job. I've done all those things, you guys. But I want you guys to know something out there, whoever is listening. God is. He will always be. And he is forever our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Try him today. He's our yes. healer. He's a mist in a storm. In oh, Jesus yes, name. Oh, yes. You know, I was he reading something earlier. Um, dealing with feeling overwhelmed and anxiety and, and, um, and panic. And it talked about, um, and, and it is the anxiety that physically overwhelms you. And it said that there are literally chemicals in a part of your brain um, that during periods of intense anxiety, the brain is so overwhelmed that it will move the resources of these chemicals to areas of the body that it thinks it needs it to, the most. Now, you know, God designed these bodies in such a, uh, a phenomenal way that we will never, don't, don't let the scientists and doctors fool you, we will never fully understand, <laughs> okay? They, they've, they've figured out a whole lot of things, but you've got to go to the creative, creator of a thing to really understand that creation. So you've got to go to God. You have got to go to God. But the key is, is that that's why you get into these places of either fight or flight. It's like you feel so overwhelmed that, you know, you're going off on everybody that's around you, or you feel that you've got to flee. You become paranoid, and you just think that everybody is against you, and everybody wants to hurt you. And these are chemical imbalances in our body. So, again, as I said before, if God is the creator of this body, then why not go to the creator so that he can level out your hormones, level out the chemicals that are in you that are causing these anxiety attacks? Tanya, Tanya will, I promise you, I love my sister, okay, and she knows I do. But she would be on one end of the spectrum and flip in a heartbeat and be on the other. Talk about bipolar and civil in flesh. That was her. That was her. And to see what she has allowed God to do in her life today with that common effect, she'll tell you when I came for her and her husband to get married and we said, and we talked that night before, cause I was doing the ceremony and I was like, I looked at that brother and I said, you know what? I just got to say, thank you. Thank you for loving my sister. Cause I know she ain't easy. And I meant that from the depths of my heart, but to see what she has allowed God to do in her life, to give her that calmness. We've shared on the shore how she was a manic cleaner. It was just like, oh my gosh, she had rooms in her house and she would make them all white and couldn't nobody even go in the room. The couch was white. The carpet was white. <laughs> everything was white. And you couldn't even go in there. It was a beautiful room, but you couldn't even go in there. I'm telling you. It's the truth. You know, but why she is who she is today is because she learned the secret of what we're saying to you right now. She learned to trust God. She learned how to take her in. Heck, on the way to her wedding, I was like, okay, I'm about to pull this car over and beat the crap out of you if you don't calm down. You're not going to make it to your wedding. Am I telling the truth, Tim? I mean, this is the honest to God truth. You're telling the truth. You're telling the truth. Honest to God truth. You know, because because she was having a panic attack. That's exactly what was going on. She was having <laughs> a panic attack on the way to her wedding. <laughs> it was just like, it started off, this thing is really about to happen. Yes, it is. And then it was all and popping from there. And it was like, oh, my God, are you serious? Yeah. But she had to learn. So this is why we're talking about this to you, telling you this today, and we're coming from a place of what we know to be true. He is the one that can transform you. It's all in your perception of how you're looking at it. If you're looking at it in the, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, woe is me state of mind, then you're going to continually be overwhelmed. But if you look at it from the, you know what, God, you know this was going to happen before it even happened. So what we doing, Daddy? <laughs> like, I know you got a plan. 
<laughs> okay? Because you, you're not sitting up there saying, oh, my God, what we're going to do. You already know. So, Lord, what we doing? <laughs> you change your perspective. You go from everybody is against me to, you know what, Daddy, you said that you was going to make my enemies my footstool. So, you know what, if I need an enemy for you to bless me in front of, okay, so you got that enemy over there. Now, what we doing? Because I ain't got time to trip. Amen. Amen. I want to say something, Elder, if you don't mind. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to Mama Jackie about how God restored us. You you heard all the stories. I don't mind putting myself out there like that, you guys. I didn't even realize that when I was young, my mom had me on Redland. And I didn't realize that I had intervened so many different spirits, so many different personalities, so many different everything. Because of everything that I had went through, young being molested, young being used, young being told I was nothing, young being told I would never amount to anything, young being told I wasn't loved, young being told this. And through all this, I'm bringing this out there like this. I'm not ashamed. Uh I'm grateful right now because look where God has taken me. And let me tell you, even that day Elder was talking about, I was having a panic attack. Because I'm going to tell you everybody one thing. I was like, ain't no way I'm going to do this. Ain't no way I can do this. Ain't no way any of that. But God had a purpose. God yes. had a plan yes. for my yes, life. Yes, yes, mm. And I thank God for everything that he's done. So I'm telling you right now, I'm putting myself out there like that, you guys. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you think you are or what you made up of or what you've gone through. You want to talk to somebody? Talk to me. Because I've been through so many, a little bit of everything. And I'm not ashamed, but I'm grateful. And there was a time I thought I would have changed everything in my life. Mm. I wouldn't change a thing. Because I know who I am. I am beautiful inside and out. I am a duplicate of what God has created. And I am powerful in the power of his might. Do I go through? I should go through some things. Do, yeah. I don't, uh, do I get mad? Yeah, I'd be mad. Do I cuss? Yeah, I, not as much as I used to. But as occasionally, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm going to put it out there like that. So yeah. what I'm asking right now is, first, I'm going to ask Elder Colette. Then I want to ask Mama Jackie, how did God allow you to make it through? First, Elder, let me ask you that question. Oh, prayer. Ooh, how did he allow me to make it through? This He allowed it because of his love for me. Here's the key. Never forget that you were not created when your mom and your daddy laid down. You were created in the mind of God, and he just used those two individuals to birth you legally into this earth realm. So you never forget that. When you recognize the fact that you were created in his mind for purpose because you were created to be an answer to someone's need, then it's it's very easy to do a switching, but until you recognize and understand that your life has value and there is purpose within you and greatness within you, and there is not one of you that have been created without that, when you come to terms with that, then everything shifts. Every how you perceive yourself changes. I, and I talk about this all the time, but it's so very real. Miles Monroe, the, I love that man, I, and, and he's gone to glory now. But when I got a hold to his teachings in the early 90s about purpose, that first and foremost, you go to the mind of the creator of a thing to find out the purpose of the thing. And if you don't know the purpose of it, then you will abuse and abnormally use it. When I got a hold to that, then I viewed me totally different. I viewed God totally different. I recognize and understand that you created me. Okay, I don't even know my biological parents, and at this point, it really doesn't matter. They were somebody that God had come together to bring me legally into this earth realm. Okay, so be it. God bless you. And we move on in life. Okay? But my life has purpose. I am of value. I am vital to somebody Because God knew somebody would have need of me. 
Mm-hmm. And for that reason, he created me. And he did the exact same thing for you. So that's how you wind up, you recognize that God allows you to go through. It's like he's right there with you every step of the way. Had I not walked through what I've walked through in these 62 years, I would not be able to speak to you today with the authority that God has placed within me to tell you he's real and believe him when he says, hey, be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. That's powerful. That's powerful. Now, quickly, Mama Jackie, I don't mean to because we're at the end of the show. But I want to. Now, I had surgery after two minutes. And I Listen, was on my back. And I was on my back for a while. And all I could do was look up and see God. And then I couldn't walk for a while. But after June passed, God restored me. I'm walking. And I'm running, and they said I would never walk. They even they even mm. prophesied that I would die July 26, 2012, if I wouldn't have mm. another surgery. And the Lord said, no, I'm walking and running with my dog right now because God Bless said the Lord. Hmm. And, and Tan is a witness because, Tan, I spent time with my daughter. Thank you, Jesus. I spent time with my daughter, and she knows. She's seen the miracles of God. So what man says is not so. But what God gives you and what God has for you and what God says minister to people and see the miracles of God. I've seen it. Yes. I've laid Amen. on my talk to God a many Amen. a night. So I know my father's real. Amen. 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 I want to say this really quick to whoever's listening out there. See, you know what? You think because you've done wrong, you think because you had a past, you <laughs> think that it's the end of you. If you can listen right now to the trifold, the Father, yes. the Son, and the Holy Spirit of what God is trying to tell you today. See, I thought my life was over when I had mm-hmm. done wrong. I thought yes. my life was over when my mother didn't, I, I heard that my mother didn't want me. I was useless. I would never amount to anything. Ooh. But if you can see right now, I had two people in my life, Elder and Mama Jackie, that said to you, I had a purpose. See, yes. I didn't realize at the time I had a purpose. I was able to be able to see things that Elder Colette went through, and she doesn't realize that she, Beautifully she does. Please forgive me, that her spirit was able to teach me. I didn't realize when I thought my life was over and I was ready to give up at the end of my rope, commit suicide, and just give up the ghost, that <laughs> I had a purpose and a meaning in Mama Jackie's life. See, there's nothing that we're sitting here telling you guys is a fake. What we're telling you is what the show is called. It's real. It's real talk show. So what we're telling you right now, in the midst of your storm, no matter what you go through, we talked about losses, but you heard Elder Colette say so many other things besides that. When you think that you're in the end of your rope, which you can't go on, you have a purpose and a plan. You don't realize that you can add to someone else's life. That you don't mm. even think so. You think that they're greater than you, but it's not has nothing to do with them being greater than you. God adds and connects us like a chain. Yes. I pray for you. You pray for me. And yes. you watch God change things. Thank don't you, give man. up. Don't give in. Because yes. God still has a purpose and a plan. Elder, I'll turn it over to you. Amen. Mama Jackie, I'm going to let you say the, the closing words. We've got 90 seconds. Well, Father... As we close, we never close from your sight, and we hope and we pray that people have listened today and know that you are real and that they will come to you and just ask that they will just trust you and know that they can come to you with any storm, that you'll take them through that storm because we know that you're real. And every storm, you'll guide them through. Because just like Peter walked on that water, you can walk on the water with God. Just grab a hold to his hand because he's real. And we walk those storms. And we still here to say, God is our father. No matter what Merck or Meyer you've been through, he'll pull you through it. So, Father, we thank you today. So I hope you keep listening because, Elder, this is a wonderful show, 
and you keep it real. Amen. Amen. Well, we appreciate you blessing us with your presence these past couple of weeks. It has definitely been um, an honor. And honor and we for you. I'm gonna close it out. I just <laughs> as I was getting ready to close out the show, I just saw this quote and it just seems so appropriate to end the show on. It says, "You wouldn't be worth gold if you hadn't been tried by fire." Amen. So I'm gonna let Amen. that resonate. We love you. We'll talk to you we next love week. You. Same love God, you. Same God channel. Same God time. God bless same you. Same bad time. I love you, Elder. I love you, Mama. I love you too. God bless. Let's keep it real.